This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I am joined by Nicole Popovics. Nicole is the EVP and Managing Director of the Shopping Center Group. I'm excited for her to be here. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Um, No problem. Excited that you're here. Nicole, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Perfect. Absolutely. So got started in the business about 20 years ago out of college at Florida State University. And I was a real estate major and uh, they did on-campus interviews. So originally I thought I was going into lending on the commercial side, but I had a developer approach me and one of his questions was, do you like to shop? And I sat there and I was like, does a one-legged duck swim in circles? Absolutely. I love to shop. That's my hobby. I'm really good at it. So from there, he flew me down uh, to Boca and I interviewed with Woolbright Development and got the job as a leasing assistant. So spent probably about five or six years there and learned the business, uh, door knocked every day, and then ultimately was leasing a shopping center on my own. And a few years in, I moved to Omaha for a little bit and was able to work for another developer out there which was great experience. He was doing lifestyle centers through the Midwest and just really a different type of product than what I was leasing at Woolbright. Um, Then I decided to come back home, which is in Tampa, and started working with Equity One. So went on to the REIT side of the business and did leasing for Equity One. And then they sold a portion to Bricksmore. So went there, went back to Equity One, and then ultimately they sold to Regency. So stayed all on the read side at that point and then uh, decided to take a leap into management and was the head of leasing for the Assembler Company out of St. Petersburg. They do Publix anchored shopping centers. So was leading up the leasing team throughout the whole Southeast. And then one day I got a call from the shopping center group and they said, hey, you have a depth of knowledge of tenants. Would you be interested in heading up our tenant rep team? And I said, that's really interesting to go from landlord developer side of the business to the brokerage side of the business and on the tenant side, which I had not really done. And so after multiple conversations, I found that it was the right role for me. It's, you know, talking with tenants every day, understanding their expansion plans, and really helping grow the tenant rep business for the shopping center group. So that's what I'm doing today, and I absolutely love it. Amazing. So curious on the, <laughs> a, a bunch of the career moves. So one, one on the, the shopping center group one, which is, as you pointed out, a little bit of a different role than you've had in the past Mm-hmm. did you, when they reached out to you, was that a relationship? I think it'd be helpful f- to the audience or like, did they just know of you and, and re- and a recruiter call you or it was like this someone you knew who reached out to you. 
So it was through a recruiter that I'm really good friends with, David Poline. So he reached out and he said, listen, this kind of checks the mark on some of the things that you really love about our business. And he's like, do you want to see if this would be a good fit? And he was right. He knows me very well and just really understood kind of where my, I would like my career to go. Got it. And this is your first foray on the brokerage side of the business, right? You, you've been on some form of landlord ownership, whether it was a public re or a private. This is your first foray on the brokerage side. How's that? It's fun. It's interesting. And there's a lot of similarities that, you know, the companies all run very, very similar. But, um, you know, I deal on a day to day with w, uh, W2 employees and 1099 employees. So obviously 1099 are the brokers, the W2 are who work for us in house. And just the personalities are a little bit different. 1099 have to, you know, you eat what you kill. And uh, so they're, they're very aggressive in what they want. And it's exciting to help them pick up more clients and go after targeted clients that they've seen in other markets. So how many people are on your team now that you run the tenant website? How, how big is this team? So we are about a little over 100 brokers. And I work with predominantly the tenant rep side, so about half of that. And then um, I try to work with most of our internal staff just as I pop through all of the offices. But I would say majority of my time is spent with our brokers uh, throughout the whole footprint. And I think people will be wondering, so what, what is Nicole's job? What are you doing? What's day-to-day look like for you? Sure. So day-to-day... the. The majority of my time is sourcing new business. So I need to know what the new concepts, either coming to the U.S. or coming from West Coast to East Coast or coming from North to South, I need to know those businesses and I need to know those people. And we want to try to pick up more representation through the footprint. And the other part of it is helping our team, our brokerage team, in collaborating with each office and collaborating with the teams and getting to know, making sure, you know, you know everything going on in the market and really helping solve if there's any problems with a commission agreement or uh, municipalities or with an existing client or, you know, really a slew of any of the things that come up day to day in a broker's world, I will help them out. Got it. The when you when you're talking about like the the primary of sourcing new business for the group is is there a type of tenant or a profile that lends itself more for you guys than someone else? I would tell you we are obviously looking for some of the corporate backed drivers of what may be next to the market, right? A lot of people recently have talked about recession and what are the types of tenants going forward that are going to be expanding in a market that we we may be coming into or what has been popular through COVID that's still existing today. So you take a look at how many people bought animals 
during COVID. So veterinarians are growing and pet stores are growing because there's been such a demand with everyone getting an animal during COVID. So we're taking a look at maybe before it becomes mainstream and what are some of the digitally native brands that could come offline into brick and mortar and um, some of the restaurants where we've seen have maybe three or four in LA, would they lend themselves to a New York or a Miami with similar demographics? So I kind of do a lot of research on that aspect every day and then start to reach out and kind of get some momentum. And would you say, so you mentioned a lot of hot new trends, would you say that let's, I'll use a, a big example. You would spend your more time with someone like, I don't know, a tenant like Ross, Ross Dress for Less is not in every state. So talking to them about, you know, choosing your group when they come into the markets that you focus in or more of your time with the restaurant who's got eight locations in Atlanta, you heard a whisper that they might be thinking about going into Florida and, you know, want to do 10 locations in Florida, that tenant. Ooh, that's a tough one. I would almost tell you it goes 50-50 down the middle, right? So I'm going to use our resources in-house. So who has the best relationship with either Ross in which they... Yeah, no, listen, they're they're a great client. Um, should I use someone like them who has relationships and have the relationship person continue that conversation and loop me in uh, throughout? And then maybe I'm digging into the cold lead and finding out who has the best contact. So I really am trying to undo the web who find out who has the best relationship and in conjunction with them, we team up and try to go after the account. Got it. Okay. Well, speaking of that, you know, the business is all about relationships. So speaking of that, you, um, you have a story about an account, um, that we, we can't necessarily name, but it's an international to domestic. So, so I think that does bring some level of interest to the audience. And so why don't you tell us about that? Sure. So we're working with a client right now, entertainment based out of Australia. And we all know entertainment has truly exploded with everyone coming out of COVID and wanting to have face-to-face -face interaction and do things as a family or as a team and really getting back together. So the the group that we're working with has nine unique concepts and what they're doing is growing a portion of that company into the States with a number of locations. So anywhere from New York to LA to Dallas to Chicago, it really is a nationwide expansion. And what I love about the account is a, I've never done a national expansion. I'll be very honest and upfront about that. So it has opened my eyes to a bunch of different cities, people, um, just it, different aspects, right? So you've got to translate the Australian dollar to the U.S. dollar. Square footage and meters are different. Uh, construction costs, timing and permitting, uh, 
taxes. All of these things are very, very different in the U.S. And learning how somebody does it in a different country and how we do it, it's just been mind blowing and really exciting to see them come in and uh, get their first ones underway, which hopefully you'll see in mid 23. Very cool. So, you know, we were talking about landing accounts before. How did this account get landed? So this was through a relationship at our with our CEO. He went to a conference in LA called uh, the Triple E Conference. It's the Entertainment Evolution Conference, I believe is what they call themselves. And just happened to be sitting next to um, a nice lady, made an intro, and it really stuck from there. Um, just kind of getting to know that person and building the rapport. And so they were originally going to come in prior to COVID. Obviously, with everything shutting down, they paused on that. And then um, earlier this year, they came back and we met them back at the conference and they're like, we're ready to rock and roll. So it all started with a simple hello. Well, the, the one thing I will say is in a world where we were shut down, it speaks to the validity of in-person conferences. So I really, I love that it started at a conference because we're back into conferences. I've got between September and October, I've got four coming up, uh, different conferences, summer ICSE, summer not. And I, it's exciting to hear stories of business getting generated out of conferences uh, in a world where people are like, you know, in 2020, uh, we don't have to travel anymore. We'll just do everything over Teams or Zoom. So uh, that is refreshing to hear uh, for sure. And I think it's uh, pretty exciting. I think, yes. Can we do a lot of things over Zoom? Absolutely. But there is just something about human interaction that fills the soul. And I think we all need it. I, I wonder... There's been a bunch of uh, what I'll call retailers that don't do business in the United States that have come over to the United States, whether, you know, some big ones that come to mind are like H&M and Zara. Have you reached out to any of the people who work on those accounts or anything to see some of the, you know, hurdles and whatnot that they've dealt with in you know, trying to translate ideas into reality? So we've looped in some consultants who have uh, done that translation to help with. And, you know, from whether it's an attorney or an architect or, or GC. Uh, but from a dealmaker standpoint, we do have some global partners that we work with and they've been able to offer some intel on that. And it really is interesting the amount of concepts that you can find in, you know, let's call it London or wherever else across the world that would be a great fit here. So, what are you excited about with this concept from like what they actually do from that they've nine concepts, but for this business that can be a little differentiating in the US? They no entertainment. They've been doing it for 20 years and they are on the cutting edge of some entertainment concepts that are not here in the U.S. And I think that's going to excite the consumer 
And, you know, whether it's a family with kids or it's for a business team building event, they appeal to all ages. So you can take a, an eight-year-old or you can take an 80-year-old and there's going to be something for them to do and do it together and have fun doing it. Very cool. Um, how, big, how big do you think it can get in the U.S.? Is this a... Is this a top golf where there's like limit, you know, there's maybe one or two in a market or is this a Chuck E. Cheese where there's a thousand? I would say there's multiple. I think you're going to see a few hundred over time. Wow. That's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's neat, right? Like it's just, it's something new. Entertainment is fun and it really can transform and it's it's a use that a lot of owners are looking for to help bring the shopping center to life. Sure. Well, excited for you. I hope it uh it's a smashing success. Um but you you mentioned, you know, you. It, it it could get to hundreds, which brings me to the next part of the conversation which is What's your take on the, you've been around the ownership, different types of ownership, the tenant side, brokerage, landlord, and you've seen the explosion in South Florida. What's, what's your take on the, on the state of the market right now? Because you mentioned the dirty word recession and then, (laughs) but you know, we're also, we're talking about massive expansion. What, walk us through what you're seeing from a high level and we'll dig in on what you're seeing in the market today. Sure. I mean, listen, there's a ton of disruption in our business, whether it's from gas prices, inflation, supply chain, construction costs. These are all things we hear every day. Gas prices? What's going on with that? What are you talking about? Listen, they came down today. Um, No, it's we operate when there's disruption. We find solutions. I don't know that there would be retail without disruption. There's, we get creative and this is when we find out who the real players are in the market. And this is when people, you know, sort of change themselves. Look at, you know, what happened during COVID and people going into convenience, uh, more convenience, more drive throughs more pickup. You know, these are all things where we were sort of heading, but it made it happen pretty quickly. So I would say, listen, there's going to be some disruption. There's going to be, you're going to hear some negativity. Um, But for the most part, some of this needs to happen in order to continue to go forward. Uh, You know, a lot of the news headlines talk about closures and what have you, but they don't talk about the awesome relocation that they did because they closed the other store, right? You don't don't necessarily hear all about that. Um, And I think you're going to see a lot of people taking advantage uh, of good real estate and I deal a lot in the Southeast and it's still pretty hot. Yeah, for sure. So I don't, the recession, if so-called recession, if there is one, I think will be very different than what maybe we've seen in the past. So one question I forgot has how this tenant that you're from Australia, how big are they? 15 to 50,000 square feet. In meters. I know, they're, they're <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they have to translate for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so 15, <laughs> 15 to 50. Okay. Uh, wide ranging. 
uh, and is there a type of like product that they like to go into? Are they like grocery anchor, uh, love, lifestyle? What they are they love, like? They love to be around food and beverage and other entertainment users. Got it. And they target towards the millennial zennial population. Got it. Okay. All right. So the you mentioned that you didn't think this recession would be as bad and there's been an explosion and the market's still hot. Um, so when you say the market's hot, what is what is, what do you mean by that? So we're still seeing a number of tenants. I would say most of the tenants have aggressive growth strategy and still having difficulty finding space and high rents. So we just this past week have had a few conversations where retailers said, maybe we're going to take another look and slow down a little bit. But I would say that was one out of a hundred. And it has not been the dominant conversation. Yeah, the same. And the, the thing that I talk about a lot is that I think from a shopping center and a retail perspective, um, the industry, uh, the fundamentals are as strong as they've ever been. Which, if you're going into a downturn, coming from a strong position is definitely better than coming from a weaker position. The, the I think one, I think the, the tailwind um, is this this notion of e-commerce versus brick and mortar. Uh, our CEO Adam Ifshin has a quote is that he says, "You can't can't you can't make money in clicks without the bricks." So um, I think. That's the tailwind. That's not the headwind anymore. And if headline news wants to right. put that it's the headwind, it's just not true anymore. And I think, you know, if you look, a lot of the tired, less relevant brands, I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough is like our industry took its medicine pre-pandemic, whether it was Sports Authority, Toys R Us, JCPenney and Sears, Borders, Linens and Things, Sharper Image. You know, a lot of these, we took our medicine pre-pandemic and then, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we filled a lot of that space uh, as an industry. And I think that's with hot, relevant, fundamentally sound retailers, which I think is a good position to be in, um, going into any potential downturn in uh, in the economy. So. I, you know, and there's obviously this supply constrained environment that you talked about because of the lease up, because of the lack of new development. And one of the things we used to say we were overstored and the, you know, a lot of, a lot of what's happened is a lot of retail space in America has been repurposed for other uses. So there's no new construction space got leased, existing space got leased and less functional space is being or has been repurposed, which, you know, is making the fundamental real estate uh, pretty strong. And I think contrary to some headline news. So uh, I'm excited to see what what happens, right? Like, you know, we have centers that we own, like that in every recession we went in was like, they were like, they were always like 83, 84% occupied. Where now that center, if we're going in, is like 95% occupied with healthier, retailers and a renovation and remodeled stores and we're just in a 
different place than we were going into those times, you know, 10 and 20 years ago. So um, time will tell, but I am pretty bullish on the, the foundation and the fundamentals of the industry right now. I would agree uh, 100%. I think the interesting thing about the repurpose comment is how many times I've been traveling recently where someone's like, oh, they're going to take that down and put multifamily. Oh, they're going to take that down and do a medical building. It's pretty fascinating to see where, you know, we used, we called ourselves the shopping center group and we rebranded to TSCG. And we say that we um, we look at users of space because really it's been a plethora of different types of users that we have been able to work with in the retail sector. Yeah, for sure. The the occupier. Well, <clears throat> what is what is dubbed retail real estate? One of the things I always say is is the the closest commercial real estate to the consumer. And everybody's trying to get closer to where people live. And so there are other occupants looking for retail real estate other than what might be dubbed a traditional retailer. But I think it's good uses for those retail properties. Agreed. Agreed. You know, there's obviously some, there will always be some noxious uses that might not work in that type of property. But, uh I, I think the the types of users for retail properties is expanding. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. The so how long has it been now? How long have you been at the TSCG? A little over a year now. Wow. Went by fast. Fast. Are the uh, what's the uh, anything? What was the the biggest aha moment that you had? (laughs) I don't know that I have necessarily had one big one, but I don't have all of the reporting that maybe I would have had on the REIT or private side of the business uh, on the landlord side. I do a lot on smart sheets and things like that, but there's definitely not as much reporting. Got it. So less less data or uh, systems I, yeah i would say maybe i mean i'm putting in some systems so that i personally can continue the process part right you need that but not as much um day-to-day like data entry so that everybody can take a look at right like we're sharing stuff all the time and a lot of it is just in the communication to understand kind of what's going on in all the markets and who knows who and what have you heard so a lot of it has been i'm on the phone all the time all right well that's good i think business happens when people have conversations so right not ever not always ever email all the time well listen nicole this has been fantastic anything else that we didn't talk about that we should It's exciting out there. I mean, the amount of retailers expanding is just really cool for our business in different types of retailers. Uh, all kinds of cuisine that has been expanding. It's, I think it's exciting. I can't remember a time, and maybe you can correct me, of when we've had this many types of concepts looking and this much competition for space. Um, but it's 
really cool that people have come up with these concepts. It's I love it. Yeah, tenant demand is more robust than it's ever been. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, and that's exciting for sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's get to the final part of the show. I call this retail wisdom. I got three questions for you. Are you ready? Got it. All right. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Jacobson's department store. I'm pretty positive they were ahead of the game on experiential retail. Good answer. Back in the day. Okay. Question two. What's the last item over $20 you bought in a store? Shoes. You can try them on. I got to try them on. From where? Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's sale. <laughs> Last question. If you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in? The seasonal section. I love to host a party. All right. There we go. What's the next party you're having? <laughs> Let's see. Where are, what month are we in? August? Uh, we'll probably do a back to school bash. Back to school bash. That's a new part. That's a party I don't hear. You're going to have a back to school bash. I want to get invited yes. to a bad. Yeah, so this is the this is the first week of school. So uh, it's come Friday night. We'll probably have pizza and pool party. All right. Is that like an exciting that the kids are out of the house, or is that a or is there is that a what what's the what's the uh, what's the theme there? <laughs> yes, we're back to structure. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Nicole, this has been great. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for shedding some light on what's going on from the uh, the tenant side of uh, the retail real estate industry. And uh, good luck. I hope the uh, Australian retailers are a smashing success. Thank you so much. We'll report back when we can announce everything. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal, that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.